Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chad Michael Bowden, and thank you for clicking on another episode of Hindsight is 2200. As always, have to thank you guys so much for all your love and support. We continue to grow and get bigger and better, and it is all thanks to you. If not for you guys, uh, we wouldn't be going places. So thank you guys so much for all your love and support. It means a lot. If you missed the last episode, I sat down with the amazing Dave Steele, or the Blind Poet, as he is known. Phenomenal episode. Probably one of my personal favorites to record. Um, just so much good stuff going in there and unpacking and all the stuff he's doing to help destigmatize disability and help get disability acknowledgement into the schools while kids are still young. Um, just an amazing, amazing episode. Uh, I definitely highly recommend it. So if you missed that episode, please go back and give it a listen to. Would appreciate it. Anyways, let us move on to today's episode. Um, I have an amazing guest um, who is creating a phenomenal game that I am super, super excited for. I'm definitely looking forward to this game and when it will release. Hold on one moment. <laughs> hey, come here. As you uh, know, I am legally blind, so I have guide dogs that are trying to play when I'm doing my intro. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into today's episode. I have the amazing uh, Connor Bradley, all the way over from um, the across the pond in the UK. He is the director and founder of Softleaf Studios, and he is creating the amazing indie game Stories of Blossoms, which I'm super excited for. And uh, hopefully I can be able to play very soon in the near future. Anyways, please welcome my guest, the great and powerful Connor Bradley. <laughs> Thank you. That was that was a lovely intro. <laughs> yeah, sorry that I had to um, hold it off for a bit. The dogs, yeah, I got my two guide dogs. I got my my guide dog and then my sister's guide dog. She works in an office where it's really not um, the best place to bring her. So I have to watch hers as well. So they were trying to play with a squeaker toy, which is a no for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to get some of the, the limelight for themselves. Yeah, they want to steal the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, thank you so, so much for um, coming on the podcast. Uh, really no appreciate problem. it. Um, like I was saying in the intro, um, I found the game uh, through Twitter course I, I follow so many game publications yeah. developers advocates you know accessibility researchers and um stories of blossoms was one that kept coming up over and over again i'm like all right i like indie games and i've gotten to a real big indie fix the last couple of years so i'm like let's see what this one's all about um first thing that stood out the artwork so, oh my god i love the artwork the art design is so lovely um really great and then of course the accessibility features that you guys over at the team are putting into this game i mean it is mind-blowing so this is a title that i'm very highly anticipating to play once it releases oh that's really <laughs> awesome to hear like I've, we i guess that's kind of common we sort of know that we're doing our job mm -hmm. that people are liking what we're doing mm -hmm. and yeah the whole part of the marketing as well is to show the accessibility that we're doing in the game because we sort of feel that people need to sort of see these kind of things before the game releases so then they can also get in the hype train and sort of uh, get uh, mm -hmm. get interested in it yeah and um we'll definitely get into everything but you guys are using a really cool um piece of software um for the accessibility funny enough i talked to um tim um you might know him um he was like i have this guy over in the uk he's working on this game it's from a studio called soft leaf and i'm just like funny you mentioned that i was actually <laughs> already talking to him <laughs> so it was kind of like it's yeah you definitely was meant to be on the episode to talk about this game because it's exciting stuff going forward but um yeah, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, I guess let's just get into it. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and um, just who you are and how you uh, ended up coming up with this amazing new game? Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. So I am based in Belfast, mm -hmm. Northern Ireland. So I've been living in Northern Ireland all my life and probably, I guess, just to go back and see how I sort of got into games, like... Mm -hmm. I've been playing games my whole life, mm -hmm. like yourself, yeah. and uh, like 
there was the two things that I did when growing up, play games and play guitar. <laughs> so those are my two big interests. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I sort of grew up playing like some Zeldas and Mario's and yeah. Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, yes. Mo Monkey Island, like all these like classic games that like to this day are still mm -hmm. amazing. Uh, so, but then sort of growing up, I wasn't, didn't think games was really deep down. I wanted to be in the games industry, but mm -hmm. I didn't really see it as a a job as such at the yeah. time um, and sort of was following following other steps. Um, but at the same time, I sort of wanted to still do my interests, follow my interests. So I sort of went to the music direction, sort mm -hmm. of started studying music and got through that. That sort of led to sort of the game part of you. <laughs> I sort of then started doing game audio freelance, mm -hmm. did a few indie um, indie games. And from there, I sort of was developing more technical skills and mm -hmm. sort of really enjoyed that process. And then one day I was just, yeah, just going to form my own studio <laughs> and go straight into the deep end. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, st it's still going good. Mm -hmm. So Stories of Blossom is our sort of me, our first sort of big release. Mm -hmm. We had previously worked on a prototype called Daft Disputes, but sort of being a our first title kind of thing that we were sort of learning mm -hmm. as we went. Um, so Stories of Blossom. The way that that started, it was, we had a prototype who was getting funded by Future Screens NI, which is a funding body here in Northern Ireland. They um, kindly offered us um, funding to sort of look into a topic that we want to look into. So mm -hmm. our topic of choice was accessibility in games. So from the very beginning of our prototype, that was our main focus was mm -hmm. accessibility. So that sort of meant we were making design choices that mm -hmm. affected those kind of decisions. So for example, our game is a point and click game, mm -hmm. but not everyone can use a mouse, for example, <laughs> right. um, to point around a screen. Uh, either because they can't see the cursor on the screen mm -hmm. or they just don't have the fine motor controls to do so. Mm -hmm. um, and also there is just people have the preference of using a keyboard or a controller, those kind of things. <laughs> and so that was one of the big design uh, parts of our game that we sort of made sure to to make sure that everyone no matter what their preference of control and such, we're able to play the game. So we sort of have different options to felicitate that kind of, um, those kind of inputs. And so, yeah, like those kind of things, we were doing that at the prototype stage. Mm -hmm. If we were to be doing it later on, like I think a lot of studios are still doing, right? it's harder to implement these changes or mm -hmm. even just say that you have the time to do so because maybe there's a big um, budget deadline coming up or or there's it is too much of a risk at that stage because you're pulling out systems to our redesigning systems and yeah that can be expensive to do so <laughs> it was like if, if you've um localized all your um your dialogue, dialogue, mm -hmm. for example, like mm -hmm. you're not going to go back and change all of those like 50,000 lines, whatever. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like that's sort of how the project started. And mm -hmm. yeah, we've just been continuing on that accessibility um, journey as such, just making sure that it's playable to as many people as we can and sort of it's a ongoing ongoing process <laughs> yeah so um you you mentioned that um when you were doing the the prototype um the company that was helping you with that um you mentioned that from the start accessibility was kind of your focus 
what exactly made you want to highlight accessibility as the main focus for your game? Yeah, so this question sort of comes up quite a lot, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if I have a specific like answer for it, but <laughs> I, I sort of always try to try mm -hmm. to answer it. But I think accessibility, when I was working in the audio part, sort of when I was forming a company, sort of accessibility was something that I was always interested in and sort of something I wanted to pursue, mainly because in my mind, sort of, for example, myself growing up and games was sort of this outlet that I was able to experience to its full mm -hmm. um, as someone who is not disabled. Mm -hmm. uh, but to, to think that there are many people that that isn't, uh, they can't experience these games mm -hmm. to their fullest or at all um, is heartbreaking to me that I feel that like there's, there's things in games that can be quite easily achieved mm -hmm. to make a game more accessible. Um, just adding an option, for example, um, <laughs> yeah. in some areas, of course, it's not all, all that easy, but for me, that was alone, sort of the human element of it, um, a reason to sort of explore it. Mm -hmm. And sort of when I did, I didn't really know anything about accessibility in terms of how to implement stuff. So when I was beginning, there was a lot of research and um, sort of from day one, then I was just learning as I went and sort of all the different good resources that there is out there and sort of learning from people. Mm -hmm. And I feel that from a work point of view, it's, for me, it's, um, it's beneficial in terms of I'm doing something good mm -hmm. and also the sort of feedback that we get, mm. um, it's positive and sort of makes me feel good about what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. There's that selfish part of it, I guess, <laughs> as well. But sort of, because for example, like I, all my brothers and such are sort of either working in um, like sort of medicine and mm -hmm. um, sciences and such like that, where they're maybe helping people. Mm -hmm. And in the game industry, this is sort of a good way to also sort of tie that on and such yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's sort of how i approached it i sort of first learned about accessibility when i was mm -hmm. in when i was in working with game audio i was at gdc and mm -hmm. there was an audio meetup and it sort of happened around the same time as the game accessibility conference was happening mm -hmm. and there was some chatter there sort of what they sort of learned from different talks and that sort of exposed me to the idea that at that time audio can be accessible sort mm -hmm. of help aids uh spatial awareness and things like that and people rely on that to play games mm -hmm. i think that's sort of where they sort of coined <laughs> that's uh <laughs> and then yeah from there i just sort of through my own um sort of self-learning and such sort of just got a, a real interest to it. And yeah, um, I can't see me doing anything different for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, like also the, the, the feedback that you mentioned, it, it reinforces that you, uh, you're doing the right thing and you're making a difference and uh, you're possibly even helping people get into gaming for the first time. Yeah. And, and you also mentioned uh, audio. Um, I, I tell people all the time, like I, I, I used this example before and I'll probably continue to use it, but um, the traditional Pokemon games that mm -hmm. are made, like right now I'm playing, still playing through Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. And the audio design in that game is so great because trust me, I still need someone to tell me, all right, go up, right, left, down, 
Uh, you're just, you know, but I know when I'm bumping into an object, I know yeah. when I've gone to bag versus Pokemon, um, I can know when I'm in a different town because of the change in the music. Um, I think people really underestimate sometimes just how a really, really solid, good audio design can be accessible and really tell people a lot, especially that spatial awareness, because that's, mm -hmm. that's key too. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's something that we've been trying to address in our game. Mm -hmm. It being a 2D game, it's, mm -hmm. it's harder to sort of sell the idea of a 3D space. Mm -hmm. But we've, we're still sort of panning audio to sort of positions. And then there's like that distance fall off when you mm -hmm. sort of move away. Um, but yeah, audio is, is crucial for feedback, mm -hmm. um, especially if some of your senses are missing mm -hmm. or, um, yeah, cause you, without this information, you don't have the context of what's happening in the game. And even just, as you say, sort of little sound effects that you sort of recognize mm -hmm. that keep happening, sort of that you sort of pinpoint, well, this is what's happening. Right. And through there in your mind, you're sort of then building this mm -hmm. sort of world of what's actually happening yeah. on screen. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, one, so in our game for audio, we have the two sort of big things that we have in our game, one of them's fairly common when it comes to accessibility, mm -hmm. which is the text to speech, yeah, yeah. which <laughs> I'll get into more <laughs> later for sure. But um, then also we supply an audio description mm -hmm. for our game. And we, we couldn't really find a game that is currently doing it in this, in the same way that we are. Um, uh, interestingly, this wasn't what we didn't sort of start It's like, we need audio descriptions because no one else is doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it was more, we sort of looked at the barriers that were in our game mm -hmm. and we were like, okay, well, if someone has no sight whatsoever, they are going to be missing out on crucial context in mm -hmm. the game. So if there's a event. For example, like the example I always use is there's a little creature that is um, stuck in this tree. And when you go over, she runs into a house. Mm -hmm. But if you can't see that visually, you don't get that that like puzzle clue to mm -hmm. sort of see where where the next place you need to go to find find the creature again. But with the audio descriptions, we have similar to how likes of in film and TV, how audio descriptions are done. Mm -hmm. so we did a lot of research on those as well, sort of try to mimic in some ways what, what they do. Mm -hmm. um, so we just sort of describe the actions that are happening, sort of any, uh, any sort of context or descriptions that you might be missing otherwise. Mm -hmm. And we find that that part of the audio has really benefited people. And there's people who maybe don't need it to, to, to play, but they're still using it just because yeah. they like it, which yeah. is amazing, amazing to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I tend to use a lot of audio stuff or even some you know, motor um, and cognitive stuff um, mm -hmm. because it's some of that stuff is great and I love it. And it's like, who am I to not look in and see if it can benefit me? Yeah, that's exactly like, that's why they're there. It's mm -hmm. for some people there, they are needed mm -hmm. for them to be able to progress through a game. But for a lot of people, these features or designs are there just to improve their experience. Mm -hmm. So for example, if someone is just playing, playing a game and outside their door, there's heavy or, or very loud, um, roadworks going on, for example, <laughs> like you won't be able to hear 
the dialogue, so you need to rely on subtitles. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to rely when there's no audio at all. Mm. You could have, you could be playing at night, like uh, you're like all nighter, just playing <laughs> playing games or whatever. And, or you just don't want to disturb people because they're yeah. working or busy or whatever. Mm -hmm. You sort of have to, yeah, things like audio captions and again, subtitles mm -hmm. um, are crucial. And yeah, there's things like just temporary uh, sort of disabilities of things like sprained, sprained mm -hmm. wrist, or you're just fatigued after a day of work mm -hmm. and you sort of want your experience to be easier on you and those kind of things. Like, I think a lot of people don't realize uh, that it's also benefiting, like it benefits everyone mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. 100% agree. So tell me a little bit about um, the game itself, Stories of Blossom. Mm -hmm. um, when did you come up with the idea for the game? Did you have the same, you know, kind of thoughts on what you wanted the game to be, you know, or did it evolve at any point? But um, when exactly did you come up with the idea for Story of Blossom and start um, developing the game? Yeah, so I have this sort of folder of just random either doodles <laughs> or just could be like just random bits of words that mm. are sort of like this this is a bit cool idea uh but i i've sort of been doing that most of my life really uh but yeah this particular one i had this drawing of this little girl at the time she was actually reading a book but her mm. grandfather was at a workstation sort of working away mm -hmm. and the idea was that they would sort of narrate their own stories mm -hmm. and sort of you get they sort of then embody the characters and then all the mischief that happens in those uh that was sort of the the core idea mm -hmm. very bare bones but mm -hmm. a lot of these kind of concepts are mm -hmm. and then you sort of explore what what um where that goes and some of the things were easy to sort of uh grab onto the likes of the storybook illustration kind of art style mm -hmm. that was sort of a, a given almost yeah I, I, and, uh, you know i've said it before but i i absolutely adore the art style thank you <laughs> that that's um Claire, my fiance, she's mm -hmm. the the head of the art department. I say mm -hmm. department, she is the <laughs> art department. Uh, yeah, so she comes from a traditional art background. Mm -hmm. So we sort of wanted to try and mimic that as best we could with what we've got. So mm -hmm. yeah, she was just using sort of watercolor kind of brushes in Photoshop yeah. and uh, we sort of went for the hand-drawn animation as well mm -hmm. so um, we now thankfully have a few freelancers on board to help us with that because mm -hmm. it uh, takes takes a fair bit of time to yeah. to draw frame by frame as i'm sure you can imagine <laughs> um but yeah that's sort of where it went mm -hmm. um and i've i always sort of seen it as a point and click kind of puzzle adventure mm -hmm. Um, like growing up with Monkey Island and yeah. games like that, like it, to the to this day, I still play a lot of modern punk, uh, point and click games, mm -hmm. and I'm a big fan of them. And creatively, they're really, I think they're really good for exploring mm -hmm. sort of different ideas. You're not really trying to break new ground in terms of mechanics and such. Mm -hmm. It's more about what kind of story you can make, and maybe the art style around it. That's that's mm -hmm that's uh was quite enticing for me to sort mm -hmm. of to to start that and from there that's sort of what we had as a sort of the basics and from that point then so accessibility didn't come in before that but that's when it came in then so that's all we had was <laughs> we knew that it was going to be sort of these stories being shared mm -hmm. by grandfather and her the granddaughter mm -hmm. and sort of the idea of the the art style mm -hmm. and yeah from there we just sort of went on and um did it so 
Yeah, it's sort of, um, it's been a really nice, nice project to be working on because since they are short stories, so currently what we've been showing is pretty much one story just because of the way the development's been working. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that you get to experience multiple short stories. So there'll be, you play as an adventurer, mm -hmm. an astronaut, and a pirate. Mm -hmm. So these three different worlds all have their own unique flavors to them. Mm -hmm. So the art style and sort of narrative sort of stay somewhat similar, but the environments are completely different in style, mm -hmm. which is great because um, it keeps it uh, in, in terms like for the player as well, you get to experience these and sort of keeps it fresh, mm -hmm. but also from the development side of things, it keeps it fresh as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's, um, that's where we are with it really. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a really awesome idea. I, I love, um, point and click games. I, I grew up on them from a very young age and uh, mm -hmm. I'm very excited to see that Monkey Island is actually coming back. <laughs> yeah. So that's exciting. Uh, uh -huh. it's, it's still that genre is never going to die. It's just coming back <laughs> to remind us how good it is. Um, but yeah, I'd love that. And um, so you, you mentioned it, you know, you, um, you had the idea and of course accessibility wasn't a point yet. Um, when did accessibility start becoming the focal point and how have you been able to implement the accessibility features that you have in the game? Because honestly, we could create multiple episodes just on the accessible features you guys have alone. It's so amazing to see what you guys are offering. Oh, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like, I think so the accessibility point of view, it came when we started designing the puzzles and writing the dialogue. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the process, so yes, there is all these features and such, but there's a lot of things that went into the designing of the game mm -hmm. that are somewhat, I guess, invisible that you might not notice. Mm -hmm. um, that's, so we sort of sat down and all the dialogue that we wrote, we sort of made sure that for people with maybe a lower reading age or um, lower cognitive skills, those kind of things were able to sort of grasp it and um, it wasn't too much. And so there's things like that that we sort of went through and made sure and being a puzzle game, mm -hmm. If you've played likes of some of the older games, you know how difficult some of those puzzles can be. <laughs> uh, like they're notorious yeah. for it. Um, our game isn't isn't sort of trying to combat with those for sure. <laughs> uh, there will be some chat. There is some challenge in mm -hmm. it, but the way similar actually to what those games did was they sort of had hint systems. Mm -hmm. So we have one of those that sort of gradually gave you more information about a puzzle to sort of help you. And if you can't figure this, the, the solution, we have an option to just give you the, that guidance to say, do this and it lets you progress. Um, cause the worst thing that we want would have wanted was that people stop playing the game, have to look online to yeah. look at a walkthrough right. and then have to like scroll to where they're at. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of experience to me sort of takes you out of the immersion where um, in this case, it's sort of your, your um, still, still in it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, um, in terms of sort of, like it's, as you say, it's quite a big topic to sort of cover everything, <laughs> but sort of to sort of give um, sort of more broad strokes of it. And mm -hmm. uh, so sort of in the audio point of view, as we mm -hmm. were saying, there was the audio descriptions. Mm -hmm. We also have text-to-speech. So we have a powerful um, plugin that we're using by a company called ReadSpeaker. Yes. As you were hinting at. <laughs> uh, so yeah. 
uh, yeah, we have have had the privilege to sort of test this plugin mm -hmm. while it while it was in development, and yeah, it's 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 um, very powerful what you can do with it. We just yeah. type in a string of information, sort of like, um, for example, it could be just a, a label of something, mm -hmm. and it will read it back in real time. So we don't have to generate audio files or anything like that. So uh, it, it's, yeah, it's incredible. That's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so we had that quite early on in the mm -hmm. process as well. And as we've been sort of giving feedback and they've been making improvements to mm -hmm. it, it's now sort of available for, for people. And yeah, I highly recommend others sort of looking for solutions mm -hmm. in text-to-speech to check it out because mm -hmm. it will make your life so much easier <laughs> yeah yeah i i've been talking to one of their um their team members tim uh, and i told this to you off uh, off um offline when we were speaking before the episode but <laughs> i was trying to talk to them because you know i'm really interested in text to um, speech to text, you know, text to speech, you know, mm -hmm. because as someone who is severely visually impaired, I, um, mm -hmm. I can't read text when it comes to video games, you know, most modern video games that don't have any sort of plugin like that, either give me fully voice acted games, or <laughs> I have to have someone with me as I'm playing the read yeah. what's going on, because I'm going to miss a lot of the plot and important stuff. So, you know, I've always been like gung-ho on text-to-speech, you know, give me narration in your games. So when I found out about, about the, pl the plugin, I was just like, well, this is cool. Why won't everybody use this? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, contact them. And then he's like, oh, you know, you, you, you should reach out to this company called Softleaf. Yeah, they're making <laughs> this game. And I'm just like, is it Stories of Blossom? They're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited about that game too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, text to speech is so important because mm -hmm. um, for some games, players may not even be able to start the game mm -hmm. um, because they have to go through different menus to get yeah. there. Mm -hmm. And if they can't read that text for whatever for whatever reason, mm -hmm. that is a big um, stopping point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to put it lightly uh, yeah the, the many a times i've just sat on a, on a on an opening screen because it's telling me to click on the, the language that i want to play in more yeah. than I, more than i would like to admit <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but the, you know those those accessibility options is like so crucial and um the audio description stuff that you're doing is all is super cool too because i don't I don't know a lot of games that are that are really doing that right now. That, yeah. At least I can think of off the top of my head. At least not in the way that um, you guys at Softleaf are um, handling it. Yeah, we there's there are studios doing audio descriptions for trailers. Um, there's some really good work being done there, mm -hmm. and there are sort of audio based games that mm -hmm. sort of in some ways they are more dialogue than maybe describing what's happening they're maybe using more of the audio to sort of yeah. to give that context um but yeah from a point of s similar to what um audio descriptions and films sort of mm -hmm. taking moments to describe the scenery and things like that yeah i don't we haven't uh, come across much but mm -hmm. i'm sure there has to be has yeah. to be somewhere yeah. Uh, love to love to hear it if there mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. um, but an interesting thing with um, since the game is a high narrative game that you have this discussion between the grandfather and mm -hmm. the granddaughter. In some ways, there's parts of that that somewhat are audio descriptions mm -hmm. that they are sort of. She, he, like the grandfather is telling to the granddaughter what's happening and mm -hmm. trying to like depict the, the image in her head. Um, so for the most part, we sort of had a lot of dialogue in there to sort of fill in those spaces. Right. But yeah, there was also 
other areas that the audio description mm -hmm. really helped because to sort of because um, before sort of early on when we were testing we didn't have audio descriptions we had mm -hmm. text-to-speech so it was playable mm -hmm. to someone who um, had no sight mm -hmm. or low vision but we got some of those testers that tested those early builds mm -hmm. and now tested it with the audio descriptions mm -hmm. and the amount of detail mm -hmm. that they missed out on the first time round, and now that they were like oh so this is what's happening and mm -hmm. they get to be involved in the story more which mm -hmm. um is is amazing to to hear uh, the the feedback was really good um and yeah hopefully by release well mm -hmm. all the feedback that we've been getting sort of be able to tweak those mm -hmm. um, just to make it better but yeah i hope to be sharing soon sort of the findings and mm -hmm. sort of process that we've mm -hmm. we've had probably in the next month or so mm -hmm. uh, when i get time to write all that <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah it definitely i think when it comes to these kind of processes there's no point in being sort of keeping it to yourself i feel that um there's benefit for letting people people um doesn't necessarily mean the way we're doing it is correct but mm -hmm. it's just giving it from our perspective and hopefully mm -hmm. it's beneficial in, in some respect yeah, yeah yeah and um feedback and um testing is such an important process when it comes mm -hmm. to um games that are in development and you definitely have been getting a lot of that um you know recently i i just saw it maybe a couple of days ago um you had the the um, the honor of having xbox accessibility teams taking a look at your game and um testing it out and everything uh how how amazing has it been to be able to get um accessibility team from xbox to give you guys feedback and just overall the general consensus consensus when it comes to the feedback yeah yeah it was incredible like they have been an inspiration from the very beginning, sort mm -hmm. of all the guidelines and um, documentation that mm -hmm. they've been giving out over the past two years and before that mm -hmm. as well, just sort of when we were looking into it more. Mm -hmm. And yeah, to be sitting on the same call as them and <laughs> going over my game, it was sort of... Uh, I, I'm not gonna lie, a bit of an imposter syndrome uh, sort of was creeping in, but yeah. but um, at the same time, they were sort of giving us feedback and sort of saying that we are doing things well, mm -hmm. and the feedback was highly positive, mm -hmm. um, which was really um, great to hear. Sort of bring bringing tear to my eye for sure. Yeah. Um, but the great thing about the report, it sort of detailed sort of what we were doing right mm -hmm. and sort of areas that we want to look into that mm -hmm. may be possible concerns for certain people. Mm -hmm. um, thankfully, none of them were too extreme, but mm -hmm. there's definitely areas that um, could do with a lot of improvement, which mm -hmm. is the whole idea of the report is to identify these things mm -hmm. um, at an early stage. So then we can then go back in and sort of address those before release. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I now have a a bigger <laughs> list of things to do, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's great. It's great um, because up to that point, we were, we just put out calls for people to to test mm -hmm. uh, people who are interested in testing our games accessibility mm -hmm. and sort of from the beginning of prototype we've been sort of pre um, testing at different stages mm -hmm. and through that process it was only through that process that we sort of were able to get to that point mm -hmm. of getting good sort of um feedback from that mm -hmm. um but yeah that kind of feedback is crucial <laughs> um because there's as a developer you can sit and implement features and guidelines and things all day but yeah. if you haven't got people who are living with these conditions or situations day by day testing uh you're not going to be able to 
you're not going to be able to sort of get mm -hmm. those corrections in the game and sort of remove those barriers the same way and i'm really really grateful for everyone that's been helping us so far mm -hmm. it's um could could not have got it to this to the stage that it is without mm -hmm. that kind of feedback mm -hmm. and yeah as i say long list of stuff to <laughs> continue to implement <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, you know, but it, it's really incredible what you're doing because you 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 know it's a very small team but of course it's also yeah. a very passionate team um yeah. and you know it has to make you feel great that um just given what is available to you you are already kind of hitting those check boxes that people really are going to appreciate once the game is finished yeah because as i was saying we are a very new company in the mm. grand scheme of things this is our first full release and sort of the first times are looking into accessibility as mm -hmm. well when we started it and we're now getting to the point where we're sort of being recognized for yeah. these kind of things which mm -hmm. i when i first started it was not sort of thinking that that was going to be the case and <laughs> um yeah it's it's incredible where <laughs> where the project has went mm -hmm. and hopefully as we go it'll continue and um for us the main idea was that when the game releases mm -hmm. that it is accessible to as many people as we can mm -hmm. um and sort of from there sort of as i've been making the game sort of the we won't be able to cover everything right. but the idea is that going forward we will have those sort of that knowledge base and sort mm -hmm. of skills and such to maybe make a more accessible game in the future right um but yeah um it is being a very small team um to give context so i'm the only programmer and the main design lead designer i've had a few people consulting and such while on the project mm -hmm. um which have been great great help um but the final sort of decisions and implementation part it sort of all comes down um to me mm -hmm. and being quite new in the industry as well, sort of programming and all these things I'm sort of learning as I go. Mm -hmm. And it's, it has been a lot of work. I'm not going to, uh, <laughs> not say that, uh, but having the focus on the accessibility point of view, mm -hmm. you sort of get these results, which are sort of able to show that people are grateful for what You've been implementing and they're excited mm -hmm. and yeah it's sort of about yeah just managing what mm -hmm. you can do at any given moment and sort mm -hmm. of give yourself that sort of downtime in between because it's needed <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and and you're already building such a great um platform for the company you know you're laying down a, a very amazing foundation for this first game and of course coming off of this and I, I can only wish nothing but the greatest of success because I, I really hope this game succeeds and becomes a big step forward for accessibility. Um, you know, that's what it could be going forward as you guys continue to further along uh, more and more accessible gaming because that's the thing for me is at the end of the day, it, I, I just want as many people that are possible to play games to continue to play gaming because about four or five years ago, um, when I started living on my own and moved away from home, I had that moment where I thought, oh, I'm going to have to stop playing games because my disability is so severe and there's not companies or games that are being made that um, can help me access this medium because of my disability. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, you know, getting on the phone with my mom and crying and telling her, like, I can't play games anymore. And 
of course she she knows how much games mean to me you know foundation yeah. for friendships help mm. with my depression and anxiety um mm-hmm. so she she knows like that that's that was terrifying for me to even begin to think about that i was going to lose gaming and then of course we start to see the shift in the industry and we see more and more triple a studios start doing it and then you know that trickles down and we see more indie studios we see mm-hmm. more consultants being brought in and actually talk to at the beginning of development instead of at the end of development and it's companies like softleaf that are going to be the way of the future is that we begin from the very beginning discussing accessibility and like you said we're no game will maybe be able to always get every single thing right but mm-hmm. if we can address as many disabilities as possible and give as many communities a way to play the game, then, you know, we want you, you as a developer have done your job. And then, you know, we as the consumers are, of course, getting the experiences that we desire. Yeah, 100% agree. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for the, for the kind words. Absolutely. Uh, But what was I going to say about that then? <laughs> uh, I left them speechless. <laughs> yeah, he really did. Yeah, so 100% right. So mm-hmm. sort of being able to implement these kind of changes, mm-hmm. not even changes, you're implementing them at the beginning. So they're not changes. You're sort mm-hmm. of, they're in the design process. Right um from the beginning mm-hmm. i think it's sort of bridging that point where currently a lot of games are they release a game and then maybe the community will speak about <laughs> oh well why isn't this mm-hmm. why can i not remap why can i not mm-hmm. i can't play your game because of this and that mm-hmm. and then they sort of then patch it afterwards right um where is that point it is just sort of you're just slapping on a um yes you can do stuff which <laughs> isn't isn't you gotta like put that, the plaster on <laughs> yeah yeah um in some ways you can't redesign a mechanic mm-hmm. when it's already launched those right. kind of things so sort of changing that approach and sort of bringing it in earlier mm. um even if it's a month earlier before release is better than mm-hmm. none at all. Um, and any little change that you do will be allowing more players to play your game, which it's hard to sort of think about that when you're sort of implementing just features and such, but mm-hmm. one little tick box to maybe darken the background or enable a box behind text, mm. those kind of things allow players to play. And yeah, it's, I think, as you say, we are getting to that point where more and more studios are going the route of accessibility and thinking about it mm-hmm. in, during development, which is great to see. Mm. Um, there's still work to be done, I guess, and sort of, uh, I think for some, maybe they don't see the, either the market benefit mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. or they maybe just haven't considered that what they're doing could be creating barriers. Mm-hmm. I guess there's, there is a lot of aspects to it, but yeah, I think it's getting to the point where there are a good chunk of games that are making accessible mm-hmm. options available that games that do not mm-hmm. will sort of be sort of be um, highlighted mm-hmm. as not accessible and sort of they're left behind in um, these sort of industry changes, sort of yeah. not necessarily standards, but somewhat they're expected by players. Mm-hmm. You sort of expect to have good subtitling and text-to-speech and menus at the very least those kind of things and 
I think um, gamers that are somewhat more vocal about that sort of drive that somewhat mm -hmm. as well. Um, so yeah, I think every year there seems to be an increase in the developers that are doing it, which is, is great mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and I think it is thanks to sort of those bigger, bigger companies that sort of addressed it, like likes of Last of Us 2. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think majority of people sort of use that as the, um, a great showcase of mm -hmm. what you can do and mm -hmm. for such a big company as well. Yeah. And then games like Celeste. Oh, phenomenal um, game. Mm-hmm. That can sort of show that it isn't just these big teams mm -hmm. and big budgets that can do this. Mm -hmm. You as indies can do it as well. And sort of it was like little headlines and uh just experiencing them for yourselves. Mm -hmm. It's sort of then that just the ball sort of snowballs then somewhat. Yeah. So exciting. It's an exciting time to be in accessibility. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. Absolutely. So uh, how long, uh, uh, how far along in the um, development process are you? are you? Are you able to speak to that? Yeah, so I'd say we're mid-production. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of what we were doing from the beginning was focusing on pretty much solely accessibility. Mm -hmm. So we're sort of not, we're not taking a break from it, but we're, <laughs> Um, before adding sort of more features, what we're doing is making sure the things that we do have are sort mm -hmm. of working expected and sort of applying the feedback that we've got. Mm -hmm. And from there, it's sort of, yeah, a lot of just me and production stuff sort of making the next stories because um, there's a lot that goes into that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's sort of what we're focusing on at the moment. We haven't uh announced the release date just yet mm -hmm. um but what i can say is that hopefully we will have a demo out nice soonish mm -hmm. um i'm not gonna say when <laughs> so i don't have to uh hold can't hold me against that but <laughs> uh, so the idea with the demo obviously that's a big marketing thing yeah. but at the same time we hope that getting the demo in the hands of more people, um, we can then get even more feedback mm -hmm. at that stage um, on the accessibility and even just the game in general. So then we can then take that feedback and continue to improve. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's sort of where we're at. Mm -hmm. uh, sort of at the moment, sort of my day to day at the moment is sort of taking all the feedback and sort of putting it, sort of prioritizing it. Yeah. And sort of seeing what's in the accessibility point of view, what's the biggest barrier for people mm -hmm. and sort of working on that while also um, building out and writing sort of the next couple of stories, which I'm looking forward to. Um, it is good fun because myself and my fiance Claire sort of we we would sit down and just sort of brainstorm ideas for the narrative and sort of her ideas are a bit more uh out there <laughs> and uh, usually they end up in the game because they're amazing <laughs> uh, but yeah we sort of sit down and do that and then from there sort of and implement all the puzzles and such mm -hmm. So yeah, that's sort of where we're at. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely be, if everyone, anyone's interested in following us mm -hmm. through the development online, mm -hmm. we just be posting it on our mm -hmm. Twitter page um, as we go. So any new content will be on there. Uh, yeah. we... I try to get them to crack, guys. I, I, I try to get the release date and try to get some insight for you guys, but he's, he's too strong for it. I couldn't get it, I'm sorry. No breaking no, news no. on the podcast today. <laughs> hey, um, so when the game is ready to go, it's finally getting to release. What do you want players to know that are going to enter um, Stories of Blossom? What is their experience going to be? Um, what do you hope that they get out from the game when, when it's able to be played? Yeah, so 
as we're saying, like big part of it is mm -hmm. I hope as many people can experience it uh, to its fullest. Um, but yeah, it's sort of a nice, wholesome experience that's nice and calm. It's, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you can sort of have a, a wee laugh at at the strange situations that the characters get into mm -hmm. and sort of what she brings out in her imagination mm -hmm. and yeah so it's it's sort of for players who maybe can only play for short periods of times it is sort of built in that respect that mm -hmm. they can play a short story and then leave it for a wee while and then come back mm -hmm. and yeah, there this the actual narratives of the game, there is sort of wee messages in there to sort of help because the idea is that the grandfather's teaching her maybe a way to deal with a problem in life. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't get too deep mm -hmm. uh, or, or anything like that, <laughs> but it's there is sort of a nice message which sort of is um tagged along with the, the narrative. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like if you like puzzle point and click games, I think you'll enjoy this mm. and it uh, won't have you looking online for hints um, because we have that in game mm -hmm. if you need them. And yeah, like if, if you've seen the, the art style, you like mm. it mm. and there's the music, we got HyperDuck Soundworks working on the soundtrack and they're incredible mm. and yeah like there i can't wait to show off more of that because it's like everything they do is just so good <laughs> just, just, oh. hey. um so before i let you go I, I i would like to um have you let people know that's the best way to support the the, the development um the team um you know, where can they follow you guys at and stay up to date with everything um, is going on with the game? And uh, yeah, just what's the best way to get in contact and continue to support Stories of Blossom? Yeah, so social media wise, we're most active on Twitter. Mm -hmm. We are pretty much everywhere else, but that's sort of where we sort of are showcasing most of our accessibility options and what the work we've been doing and mm -hmm. um, so yeah sort of seeing people on there um sort of interacting with us and sort of asking even questions or giving feedback that is really helpful and mm -hmm. if you're interested in signing up for testing the game um you can send me an email we have a contact form on our website so that's softlystudios.com and currently we're not doing any tests, but in the mm. future we will be. So we have a big database of people that we can <laughs> sort of go to. So no promises that you'll be mm. um, selected, but there's a chance that you will be. Mm -hmm. And yeah, from there, if if the game sounds like it's your cup of tea, um, there's we currently have a store page on Steam mm. and wish listing it on there is a great help to us. We can sort of address how we're doing. Um, but yeah, uh, I do know that I'll just say that I do know Steam isn't accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully in the near future, we'll be having an itch store page. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, the idea is to, or we are releasing the game for Xbox as well so right. it will be on there at some point too so hopefully um those sort of edges are a bit more accessible mm -hmm. to people um to check it out yeah but yeah that's uh probably telling you to do too much uh, <laughs> uh like i'd be happy just say hello um yeah. and from there we'll have a wee conversation and yeah take yeah, it from right. there well that sounds great uh i promise um when it, when it when it comes available, I, I will be making a purchase. Um, that's just Thank not you. that's not me marking out or anything. This this is from someone who is genuinely interested and um, li liking the game and wants to play the finished product. So I, I definitely will 
get my hands on it when it's when when, when it is time to play the game. And um, for those that are listening, um, please, I, I really do want to highly recommend you guys following Soft Leaf Studios. Um, please go onto their Twitter. Um, it's at Soft Leaf Studios. Please support this game and support the studio. Um, indie studios are so so amazing. The amount of work that these teams sometimes very small, not the most money in the world, but what these teams are able to produce and put out, like games like Celeste and Amori, Undertale. I mean, these are games that rival any AAA studio game on any day of the week. And as someone who's super passionate about this market, I just want nothing but the success for this game. So I know I'm on my soapbox right now, but please (laughs) do support this game and let's try and make stories of Blossom the next big thing. So please, if you can, go to um, Softly Studios and visit them and um, show them your support. I would super appreciate it. Um, And if you guys would like me to pass any questions along um, to Connor, please email me at cmboughton, that is C-M-B-O-U-T-O-N, cmboughton, all one word, cmboughton at yahoo.com. Um, you can find the podcast on Twitter at 2200 hindsight, 20200 hindsight, all one word, 2200 hindsight. And if you would like to listen to the podcast and keep up to new releases, please do know that you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. The name is hindsight is 20 slash 200. Again, Thank you all so, so much for listening. Let's make sure that we do our best to support this amazing game and some amazing studio. And I just want to say thank you so much to my amazing guests. Um, Connor, thank you so, so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you, Chad. <laughs> like that, I couldn't ask her better. <laughs> hey, that all right. my pleasure. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's it. We're going to leave you for today, but please do come back next time for another brand new episode. I am your host as always, Chad Michael Bouton, telling you guys to please be safe, Be kind, and until then, we'll take care and see you soon. Bye, guys.